What's the deal with all these Netflix specials? That's my Jerry Seinfeld impression that I may have to break out a couple times during this episode as we talk about original Netflix specials, Netflix comedy specials on episode 55 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm another one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. She's back. I'm We're back. back. <laughs> We're back. After not being able to align our schedules uh, recently, we finally found time that we can both sit down and record. Jess, how does it feel to be back? It feels good. It feels really good. I'm excited to be back and talking to you again. Um, and I'm excited for many more episodes to come. We have some like really cool things planned. Yes. Um, thank you for Josh Sibley for sitting in uh, last episode where we talked about prequels. Um, Jess, you'll have to let me know what you thought about our discussion on prequels. Um, because, yeah, it's funny. We recorded that before Solo came out, and I ended up not being able to release until after did. And I kept thinking to myself, you know what? I'll see Solo. And I saw it, like, literally a month later. And I'll talk briefly about it when we get to our what we've been watching but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think this is actually going to be one of my last episodes recorded before I move back to downtown Chicago. Woo. I'm excited. I move in 10. Uh, I think now it's going to be nine days, and I'm ready to be back down there and away from the boring suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started uh, talking about what we've been watching... Um, Jess, would you like to introduce uh, something we're going to be doing in the next couple episodes in regards to uh, some homework we're exchanging one another? Yeah, so for some of you listeners who have been around a while, you might remember that Brandon and his former co-hosts would do this thing called like movie homework where they'd assign something for someone to watch and then kind of talk about it. And I always thought that was like a really fun thing you guys did, and I wanted to kind of bring that back and do it again. Only this time, it's not just movies. We've opened it up to viewing in general. And what we did was went for something that the other person would most likely never watch. Um, As you guys probably know, Brandon and I have a lot of similar interests, but what we differ in our our viewing interests are night and day, like so (laughs) different. So we sort of pulled from that, like things that like I've loved, but I don't think Brandon has ever watched um, and vice versa. So I'm really excited for you to watch my options. Um, They're things that I'm like low-key obsessed with. Um, So should I say what your assignments are? Uh, uh, Hold on just a second. Yeah, I want to say like uh, to clarify, like you said, we're opening this up to to movies, TV shows, uh, you know, documentaries, documentaries. Various things, and we're hoping that uh, not next episode, but maybe the episode after, we're going to break these down and kind of bring this as, like Jess was saying, like a reoccurring thing. And um, 
Uh, you were. I want to. I want to joke about. You said we have a lot of things in common, but then we also have a lot of things that when we don't agree, we really don't agree. And one of those, I was about to do uh, my my Seinfeld impression again. Like she doesn't even like Seinfeld. How could she not like Seinfeld? You know. And um, for those. <laughs> I knew that's where you were going with this. As soon as you were like, and we have things we differ on, I knew you were going to slide in the fact that you love Seinfeld, and I loathe it. <laughs> well, okay. Mainly, I have to bring this up because, Jess, I told you this, and now I want to bring it up on the podcast. I, <laughs> My uncle's girlfriend was like, why don't you date the girl that you do the podcast with? <laughs> I was like, okay, first off, she's one of my best friends. Two, we live in a different state, even if we wanted to. And three, she doesn't even like Seinfeld. I mean, (laughs) like, that's why we couldn't work, right, Jess? (laughs) Just the Seinfeld. Yeah, that's the deal breaker. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That is the, you know, uh, it's it's the the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, not the not the the fact that we don't want to date, but just because even if we considered it, the fact that you hate my favorite comedy of all time and may well be the show that got me into writing and comedy in general, you can't stand. <laughs> I can't. I. I can't. I like that that is your um, deal breaker for relationships. I like to know that that's where your standards are. If they watch Seinfeld, all right, let's do it. Let's do the damn thing. Well, it's not even. Okay. My thing is, like, it's not like, because I think we have a lot of people in our generation that, like, some people, like, totally didn't watch it when they were younger. And it is kind of hard to jump into now um, when you haven't watched it like I did growing up. But, like,. You're one of the first people I met who, like, loathes it, who hates it. Like, some people are like, no, it's just not my thing. And I'm like, okay, it's not your thing. But, like, the fact that you, like, hate it, I'm like, whoa. Like, I, I was, like, getting defensive like you were, like, beating up, like, one of my cousins. Like, <laughs> just like, Yeah, we were up. in a very, like, passionate conversation about how I don't like it and how you love it. And I was, it was just, yeah, we kind of we got a little heated there because you got a little defensive on it. But... It's just, uh, no, nope, not something I enjoy. <laughs> not at all. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But I have a question for you. Like, let's say you met a girl, and she, let's say she's, she's pretty. She's, she's cute, okay? okay? And she likes, and she likes Seinfeld. But she has six cats. <laughs> Wait. Would you still... She's got six. Wait, so this uh, and each cat. What are we hmm? naming this scenario girl? Um, I don't know what the girl's name is, but I do know that each one of her cats is named after a Friends character. <laughs> um, because she also <laughs> loves Friends. Okay, so wait. W- would you still would you still date this girl? So the the question I want to make sure I clarify before I give any sort of answer. The question is if the girl was attractive, had six cats. Named Chandler, Monica, Ross, Phoebe, Joey, Rachel. Uh, like, if they're named all those things, and she does like Seinfeld or she hates Seinfeld? She likes it? No, she lo- she loves Seinfeld. But, again, she has a- six cats. It's a lot of cats. It's a lot of fur to be around an apartment and on clothes. Also, like, her apartment is, like, sort of 
like out of the nineties. Like you walk in and it's like is very it, like nineties deco. Like she might have like an issue. Is like, it hoard hoardery? Whatever. Is it hoardery? Is it uh, like No, it's just very like nineties vibe. Like there's like a poster for like the coven like on it <laughs> and like, you know, she she has like I don't know I, who was big in the '90s. Like she's got like a Hanson like CD always kind of blasting. But like you know she loves Seinfeld. Would you would you be like okay I can overlook your six cats and your '90s See, lifestyle? That's fine. Uh, that's the thing is like okay I don't hate cats. I just the way I like to phrase it is I don't trust them. They are always up to something. I think if they could all band together and find a way to take over the world, they totally fucking would. Like, I think they, like, I would be worried that they would try to, like, claw my eyes out while I'm sleeping. Um, Six cats. I don't know. See, the reason why I'm going to have to go and say, yes, I will go on a date with this girl is because my brother and his wife have three cats and like one or two of which I've literally seen one in like the like five years they've been together. So uh, to me, there are some cats that they're just, you know, they're doing their own thing and I never have to see them. So maybe, you know, maybe Phoebe, Rachel and Chandler are off doing their thing. Um, It just depends if they're violent or cuddly, but uh, uh, that's an interesting scenario. Jess, is this a new segment on the podcast? Like uh, hypothetical Tinder with Brandon? (laughs) It could be because I kind of <laughs> like that. I like also that you got very analytical with your answer. You took the time to really assess the situation, give this girl a fair shot. You know, I like that. Can This has it's to be a new nice thing for you. both of us. Hypothetical Tinder that we will uh, <laughs> that we will propose these people based on movie television preferences and then other weird quirks. <laughs> okay, I'm into this, and I feel like some of these hypothetical situations will actually be very close to what's really on Tinder. <laughs> so this could be, like, really fun and a little bit of an experiment. I think it's fun. Yes, so... <laughs> um, stay tuned for that returned possible segment of hypothetical movie TV preference Tinder uh New name to be determined. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to work on that title because <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> Sometimes I like titles that are absurdly long. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll work on it. It's a, we'll, we'll, it's a, we'll shop it's it a new, We'll edit it's it. It's like our nerdy version of like FMK, uh, if you're a fan of FMK, Jess. What is FMK? Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, fuck Mary Kill. Duh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. we're gonna make our own movie TV nerdy version of that, but with hypothetical Tinder. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure Gamey Quaz would love to have her own input on that someday, uh, especially with uh, <laughs> especially with Tamba Ten. Um, that's also why we couldn't work, Jess. You're clearly already promised for um, with Tampa Ten. Apparently, <laughs> by you. You're promising me to somebody else, apparently. <laughs> that's just where we're at now. <laughs> okay. So, let's get into what our homework is. I just realized how we got to... Oh, God! Yeah! Oh, shit! We were in a whole... We were... Wow, I'm sorry. No. We just, like, did a whole, like, loop back around. No, this is the podcast. The Entertainment Buffet <laughs> Podcast. This is... 
someone will find this humorous in some capacity. Um, I mean, we have listeners, so apparently. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get back into it. Okay. As you were saying, we're not gonna do. We're not gonna talk about our homework assignments until two episodes. So that also gives our listeners a chance to watch these things. Maybe they're things our listeners wouldn't normally sure. watch. Um, they can take it in and kind of view it with us and then listen along when we discuss it. For sure. And so, like we said, uh, we're seg- segueing out of the hypothetical tender back into the the viewing homework segment. And uh, so these are things that, like we said, we may not normally watch, or at least it may not be our first choices, but these are things that we love that the other person, you know, we're hoping by watching this will enjoy now that they're putting it at the top of their viewing list, if you will. It's kind of like, uh, you know, we all used to hold near and dear. Uh, it used to be the Netflix cues um, for like the DVD mailing thing and then became my list, quote unquote. But uh, we're we're shuffling our cues to uh, the other person's choice. Um, so, Jess, would you like to give me my three uh different various uh, viewing homework assignments. Yes. So the first assignment I have for you is an episode of the newest Queer Eye. Um, I want you to watch episode three in season one. It's called Dig a Don't. So that's the first thing I want you to watch. Episode three Um, of season two. Season one, season one, the first season. Okay, and these I don't need to watch these in order. I mean, should I start with the first one? No, no. It's so it's a it's a show you can just jump right in Episodic, and enjoy cool. it. Any episode, yeah, it's great. I think um, this one, this episode, I chose because it's probably the most like empathetic and um, diverse episode. You'll see what I mean. They get into some like really interesting and somewhat difficult like conversations in it um so it's also like really eye-opening episode um so yes season one episode three it's called dega don't so that's one of your assignments okay your second assignment is one of my favorite music documentaries and that is five foot two it's a music documentary about lady gaga and following her this um I think it was two years ago when she did the Super Bowl performance and released an album. Um, it's amazing. So five foot two. And then your third assignment, I think this is the most like out of left field in terms of things that you watch. So I am really interested to see what you think. Um, I want you to watch the first two episodes of Riverdale, one of my guilty pleasure shows (laughs) that I hate that I love. Really? You you hate that you love it? Because I think a lot, I heard a lot of people love it. Um, I love the first season. I think the first season is great, actually. I think it's, like, genuinely good television, and it's, like, really unique and has a really cool, like, style to it. But season two is, it just ended, like, a few months ago, and it was, like, insane, and I still went to it. I still watched it, and I hate that I love it. (laughs) You hate that you love it. Okay. I do. Like, I love it so much. I'm so obsessed with it. But, like, I hate that. I wish I didn't love it as much as I do. Because the part, like, especially in season two, I was like, this is objectively not amazing, but I'm super into it, and I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, and I also just want to clarify that these are all things. It's not that I 
would refuse to watch any of these. It's just like we said, these would maybe not be on the top of our list to watch, but now because Jess gave them to me as homework, I have to put them at the top of my viewing uh, schedule. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, it's I haven't avoided Queer Eye or anything like that or the Lady Gaga doc or Riverdale. Uh, it's just I've been watching other things, so I I don't want people to be like he hates Queer Eye and Jess is making him watch it. Like no, I have <laughs> heard great things and I, it's been on my list on Netflix, but now I got to actually sit down and watch it. So Jess, are you ready for right. your three assignments? I am. So, um, uh. To kind of even out, you gave me Riverdale. Uh, I'm going to give you episodes one and two of season one of Daredevil, Netflix uh, show. You watch Jessica Jones, right? Yes, I love Jessica Jones. Yeah, in my opinion, I think Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Punisher are like the good shows. Like, Luke Cage is fine, but then, yeah, Iron Fist, we like to pretend didn't happen. Neither of us watched it, neither of us should watch it. Um, So... Yeah, Daredevil was one of my favorite hour-long drama shows. I really think it's a good show that just so happens to star a superhero, um, opposed to people saying, like, oh, is it a good superhero show? I'm like, it's a good show. Um, We don't need to clarify that it's a superhero. Um, So second is a documentary that is on Hulu. Uh, I think it's actually a Hulu original, and it's called Batman and Bill. And that doc, for those who want to check it out, it is one of my favorite docs. It is fascinating. It is about how um, basically for decades there was this uh, co-creator of Batman called Bill Finger who came up with some of the most iconic stuff with the character, such as his origin, Joker, Robin, all these things, uh, the Batmobile, all these things that are still around today. And was never given credit for it. Bob Kane took sole credit for it and was screwing this Bill Finger guy. So this doc dives deep into like the mystery of that and the collusion with DC and all this stuff. It is fascinating. And uh, you don't even have to be a comic book fan or a Batman fan to enjoy it. Like My mom watched it with me and found it fascinating, even though uh, she's not a super comic book fan or anything. So Batman and Bill on Hulu. Awesome documentary. And lastly, we're going to dive, we're going to have just dive into the world of professional wrestling. That's right. WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. Jess, I'm going to give you two matches to watch. Um, and I don't have to go deep into them now, but I think before you watch them, I want to kind of, like, I'll give you a little background on, like, the matches. But it's from, uh, and I'll give you my WWE Network Password so you can watch these matches. And honestly, any listener, you want my WWE Network password, I'll just give that to you too. Fuck it. I want people <laughs> to watch WWE. Or hell, actually, I think they're still, they've been doing this thing. Of course, I've been a subscriber since like day one, but the last like couple years, they do like, yeah, if you're a new subscriber, you get like a month or two free. I'm like, fuck, where was that when I started? Anyway. <laughs> I've been loyal for years. You never gave me a single month free. Anyway, so there are two matches. One is a women's match that's considered one of the best women's matches of all time. So I know you'll love it, Jess. It's Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Don't worry. I'll help you find it. And then good because that's a lot of words. <laughs> and then At what? And then from just a few months ago, uh, 
It's NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, it's Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. And these are both amazing matches. And for those who are like, really, why are you making her watch wrestling? Is because these are the kind of matches that why I love wrestling. They tell good stories in the ring. Um, there's like reasons why these two characters are fighting it's not just like i'm gonna beat you up because i'm because i want to you know it's like actual built-in things that carried across like weeks and months of television to like lead to these matches and i just think they're incredible and the athletes they're amazing so Yes, I gave you some wrestling, gave you Daredevil, I gave you a doc, you gave me a doc in a couple shows. I think we gave ourselves a good mixture, don't you think, Jess? I agree. I think that these all three th- of these things like pique my interest, but are probably things that I would never watch. <laughs> so I'm excited to sort of uh, expand my horizons in that way. Yes. So... Before we, before we dive into the episode, we just gave ourselves viewing homework, and let's just go over it quickly. What are some stuff you've been watching, Jess? Have you been watching TV? Um, anything on television recently? So the two shows that I have been consistently watching are probably the only two shows I like consistently watch like on a weekly basis, and that's Handmaid's Tale and Westworld. Um both have become like two of my favorite shows. Uh, their second seasons are mind blowing and heavy and makes you think. And I cannot recommend both shows enough to everyone. Um, so I don't need to like get into those shows because I'm sure a lot of our listeners already watch them. Um, and then we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but I've been watching season two of Queer Eye. Um, and again, that's a show like I just want to recommend to the whole world. Um, I think. It's, I don't know, I, you might be in my, like, camp with this, too. I was, like, a little too young to have watched the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Um, But from, like, what I gather about it, that was more of a straight, like, makeover. Like, makeover to these guys and kind of, like, I don't know, making them look prettier or dress better or whatever. Um, Whereas this Queer Eye, it's, first of all, it's not Queer Eye for the straight guy anymore. It's just Queer Eye. So they don't just do straight guys. Um, This season, they had a woman. Um, This season, they also helped build a community center for a church. And they helped a transgender uh, female to male. Um, So I think that's really interesting that they've, like, broadened the horizons of, like, who they're helping. And... The tagline for the show is, it's more than a makeover, and I think that's, like, one of the most accurate taglines ever, because (laughs) it is, it's, like, a transformative journey for people, and, like, they not only, like, make them, like, look better, they make them actually, like, feel better, and they, like, inspire people's confidence, and and learn from each other. So I'm, I'm super excited for you to watch it because I think it's one of the most like meaningful shows we have right now, especially for reality TV because reality TV tends to be like garbage. And I think this is like one of the genuinely amazing pieces of reality TV that we could actually like learn from. Um, so yeah, season two just launched a few weeks ago and it's, I think even better than season one. Awesome, for sure. Um, have you been watching any movies, Jess? Not a ton. Not as much as I normally do. Um, 
there's actually only like one movie I watched recently that really stuck with me. It's a documentary on Netflix called Bombshell, um, and it's about the life of Hedy Lamarr, who was like a like a Hollywood golden age like iconic actress who had this sort of secret life that wasn't really secret by her end. People just were never paying attention to it. Um, but she not only was this like beautiful iconic actress. She was also an engineer and a scientist and actually had this incredible patent that she made during the war. It's like a whole it's 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 fascinating. Wow. But basically she had an incredible brain and was putting it to work in a time when no one was taking that seriously and no one was paying attention. So it's really it's just an interesting character piece. Again, it's called Bombshell and it's on Netflix. So one may say that she was the bomb. <laughs> You're, yeah, wel- you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Wow. Uh, and a bombshell. She was a bomb and a bombshell, that Heidi Lamar. Okay. Um, any, anything else you've been watching besides bombshell? Nope, just bombshell. It's solid. It's great. Okay. If you like documentaries like me, go watch it. <laughs> yes. Um so I actually watched a couple documentaries myself uh, on Netflix. I watched Making Fun, the story of Funko. Um, if anyone is a Funko Pop uh, or Funko Bobblehead collector, I think it was an incredible documentary. It jumps both between um, the story of the company coming together, but also a bunch of avid collectors. And I had no idea that Funko has been around for so long. I thought it was just like within the last like handful of years. But yeah, great documentary. Um, I also rewatched this doc. Uh, so glad I bought it. It's called Wrestling with Shadows. Um, it's about Brett the Hitman Hart and the controversial uh, Montreal Screwjob, which literally changed pro wrestling back in 97 um, to a whole new era. So uh, that's a great doc. Um, other little movies I watched... Uh, I'm a huge fan of stop motion animation, so I watched Rol- blah, blah, Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Were Rabbit. Um, it was very entertaining. The same people who did Chicken Run, um, Ardman Studios. I still have to see. They recently did the, I think, the Cavemen uh, movie. And one movie, I really quickly. I it's funny. I almost wanted to give you this as homework, but I realized that that would be mean because it's a bad movie. But I almost want someone else to watch it to talk about how bad it is. And mainly I was thinking about bringing this up to you, Jess, because we had episodes about favorite bad movies and we love The Room, right? We love really, really stupid, fun, bad movies, right? That's one of my favorite type of movies, absolutely. this was a movie that was just bad and like not the fun kind. And um, it's a dark comedy, which I thought I would love because I love dark comedy. It's from 98. It has Cameron Diaz, John Favreau, Christian Slater, uh, Jeremy Piven, Daniel Stern. Like it has this cast of a bunch of people you recognize. And it's from 98. It's called Very Bad Things. Um, and it's from it's it's on HBO. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's just not how you do dark comedy well. Basically, like these guys, it's like this weird, almost like a hangover type situation where they're at a bachelor party and someone ends up dead and then they try to cover it up and antics ensue. But it's just 
it's just bad. Like it was poorly handled. And like I remember seeing that the reviews were bad, but I was like, oh, they weren't joking. Like sometimes critics can be harsh. It's like, no, they they were right on <laughs> on this one. So very bad things. If anyone wants to see a genuinely bad movie that's even in the title, um, and it's I love dark comedy, but this is not how you do dark comedy. Two movies I saw in theater real quick. I saw Incredibles 2, Jest. Oh, how was it? I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I'll admit, uh, and this is one of the things I hate about being an adult, last 20 minutes or so I was starting to doze off, not because it wasn't good, but because I worked earlier in the day and I was exhausted, and I was like, like rubbing my eyes constantly like, no, it's the end battle, I'm almost done. And then I kind of was like in and out, so I definitely need to go see it again. But from what I saw, like the other hour and 50-so minutes, um... It was great. I loved how it kind of focused on Elastigirl, the Holly Holly Hunter character, instead of just Mr. Incredible. Great movie. It was funny. Some of the action sequences for the animation, the visual style, incredible. Like, there's this one sequence I want to get your opinion on when you see it, um, that they kind of do like this. It's almost like a strobe light slash like flashing light that's supposed to kind of like knock out people but like it was with an action sequence and like i was like christ the the animation is amazing um so yeah everyone check out incredibles 2 it is doing amazing at the box office like it broke i think animation records like it made like 180 million opening weekend so it's like kicking ass um so even though they waited 14 years, people really wanted to see it. And it made me think, Jess, my, my friend who I saw it with was, you know, was our age. Um, 14 years ago. So, yeah, the first Incredibles came out when we were, like, in middle school. <laughs> How dare you bring that up right <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my God. Oh, ew, icky. I don't want to think about being old. Ick, icky. <laughs> Aging, ill. <laughs> That's wild. I didn't realize it was. I mean, I know it'd been a long time. I didn't realize it was that Four, long. Fourteen, 14 years, years, really? Yep. Damn. Yes. Um, and it's funny they even do a little blurb at the beginning with like some of the voice actors and the Brad Bird, the writer director who did both of them. Like, why is it taking so long? Well, there's a lot of things going into it, and uh, I know he said he didn't want to do this movie unless he had a good story. So. Will be uh, you'll be could be the judge if you think he it was worth the wait or not. But one movie I briefly brought up earlier. I just I, I I may have to go into this more in another episode. But I saw Solo, a Star Wars story. Jess, did you see Solo? I still have not. I still haven't. I will. I I'm, will. No, I'm not. But I just. I'm haven't. not upset that you haven't because I mean I saw it and I, like there was only it was about a good. I think they're week four, week five of it being out. And, yeah, it's it's troubling. It's definitely, it's crazy because, like, it's technically one of the most expensive Star Wars movies because they reshot 70% of it with the whole Lord Miller, Ron Howard directing switch. So, yeah, it's the one thing I will have to say is that opposed to other movies when you see a director switch, you could not tell, like, oh, this was clearly, you know, Lord and Miller, and this was clearly Ron Howard, and they're trying to patch this together. Like, it felt like one cohesive movie. Doesn't mean it was a good movie, though. 
Um, I don't think the issue was the direction or the acting. Everyone was worried about Alden Enright playing young Han Solo. I thought he was fine. I thought acting was fine. Donald Glover was great as young Lando Carizian. Honestly, the issue was the script. Lawrence Kasdan and then his son, Jonathan Kasdan, it, it was not that good of a story. It was sloppy. It To me, it felt like a stereotypical blockbuster. They literally went through and they're like, all right, uh, now we're going to have some jokes here. Uh, all right, uh, let's have an action sequence. Um, we'll do a heist thing here. Twist. Uh, we'll do this, jokes, and a twist. All right, there we go. That's our movie. Like, it was just so everything you've seen before, nothing was fresh from a Star Wars point of view or a movie point of view. So that is what ticked me off the most was as a writer, I was just thinking to myself, oh, Lawrence Kasdan, like, you've done great things. Like, he was someone who came up with some of the best Han Solo stuff in Empire Strikes Back, your favorite movie, Jess. So, yeah, it, it was – I mean, I didn't hate it. I don't want to come across like I'm, I'm hating it. I just – it annoys me when everyone's freaking out about the acting and the directing and all this stuff. It's like it doesn't matter who the director is, who the actors are. If the writing is bad, it's just going to be bad. <laughs> so – That's interesting. I haven't heard that take before. Like the re- reviews have been like very mixed that like – it's fine, it's not that bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever, it's been just very kind of, like, bland reviews. Um, But I've never heard anyone say that about the script, and that's surprising, because like you said, like, Kasdan has, like, been a huge tentpole, like, in the Star Wars universe. I wouldn't expect the script to be the issue. I would expect everything else. Um, But I still have to see it. I'll see it. We'll talk about it when I eventually, finally, finally see it. But I will eventually see it. Yes. All right. Well, now that we're <laughs> 30 some minutes into the podcast uh, with new segments, creating new segments, uh, let's get into the meat of the podcast. Uh, we're talking about original Netflix comedy specials. Jess, would you like to kick us off? Uh, either do you have a favorite special or one you've watched most recently you really want to dive into? Well, hmm. I would have to say this is a hard choice because they're all my stand-ups that I've been watching on Netflix I think are all really good. Um, There's not a whole lot of weak stand-up specials, I think. Um, One that I've probably watched the most uh, would have to be Chelsea Handler's Uganda Be Kidding Me. Um, <laughs> it's older. It uh, came out in 2014, so it, was, it is a little bit older. Um, but it was actually, like, one of the first specials that, like, Netflix really put out with comedians, especially comedians that already have a name for themselves. Um, I think it's great. I think she's amazing. I love her. Um but yeah, it's so you got to be kidding me. The special coincided with like her book release and it's all about her, her trip to Uganda and like all just the weird hijinks she got herself in. Um, so it's she does like stray away from that topic. It's like not just all about her trip, but it mostly is. Um, and yet yeah, to me she's just like one of the funniest comedians out there. I think she's amazing. 
Have you seen I it? I have not, but uh, I definitely want to see. I, I've enjoyed um, stuff I've seen of Chelsea Handler. Uh, I think she is hilarious. And um, I think I saw one of her specials. <laughs> it was. I don't think it was a comedy special. I think it was more like when she was covering different topics of stuff for like one of her shows. Um, but yeah. Uh, you said you gone to be kidding me. Is that what it's called? You gone to be kidding me. Yeah, that's the title, and it's the title of her book. And I I read all of her books too. That book is like it's pretty funny. Um, I don't know. Like for me, I wasn't really that into Chelsea Handler until she like got her Netflix deal and she did this stand up first. This was like the first thing she did with Netflix, and then she did her four part documentary series Chelsea Does. Which is brilliant. I think like that's the one I saw parts of, Chelsea now. Does. I think that's what I saw. Yeah, and it's like each episode is about something like different. Like one was marriage, one was drugs, one was... Um, I can't even remember at this point. But like that was a few years old, and that's great because it's just like her, like you said, like covering different topics. And then she had like the Netflix talk show, which is she like quit doing because she wants to focus more on like political activism. Um but yeah, I never like I never watched her e show. I didn't really like think much of her until like her stuff with Netflix. And I think it's all like really funny. Um, and yeah, you got to be kidding me is probably the one I've watched the most. Um, and she also has a documentary with Netflix that she's working on, which is about white privilege. So I think that could be like super entertaining to like get her take on it. Because um, I just I love her style of just like unapologetic brashness like she will say whatever she wants and i love that yeah um it it is funny like i remember when they they started giving her a bunch of stuff um that like it all sudden's kind of i feel like ushered in this whole new wave of netflix making a, a deal with a bunch of big stars um, like some other people will bring up, like uh, they're gonna do a Chris Rock special, Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld, um, you know, Chelsea Handler. Like it's like all of a sudden, all like not that they hadn't worked with these people before, but uh, it's almost like they wanted to make a stamp Netflix as like this is a place you can find some funny comedy specials. Um, so uh, one thing I want to bring up, I know you're not a huge fan of the show Seinfeld, but I did watch the special uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. Um, do you like his stand-up at all, Jess? Uh, I actually have never watched his stand-up. Well. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I just was, yeah. So I don't know. I have no frame of I mean, like, I saw the bits like he did on Seinfeld, if you count that. Well, the, and that was enough for me. But the, that's the thing is, like, that that uh, the bits he did for Seinfeld were a, a combination of his ideas with Larry David's ideas. And some of the times Larry David would write the bits. And since Larry was never usually good at stand-up, Jerry was better at communicating whatever the material was. Um, but that's, that's neither here or there. We don't want to get on a Seinfeld. So wait, but real quick. Sidebar. Speaking of Larry David, what's really weird is that even though I hate Seinfeld and the show Seinfeld, I really like Larry David. Well, <laughs> does that make any sense? I don't think. Well, it does. I mean, they're two different people. Yeah, you know, two different two different okay, styles. Yeah. Um, you know, Curb is definitely different from Seinfeld, but maybe we'll have to just do a, a, a deep like. I'm gonna have to just have you watch some Seinfeld again. Like, I'll give you like the. No. Best episodes. No. No. 
No. Oh my god. I won't do it. Oh my god. You're not gonna change me. <laughs> Just let stop trying to indict me on this. Just let me be me. Indict mean. you. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> so Jerry before Seinfeld is kind of like a it's like a half doc about him, half uh stand-up special where he kind of he comes back to the I believe it's the comedy store um I could be wrong, uh, but it's the place where he did some of his first stand-up sets, and uh, he tells some of his first jokes, he tells some stories, he does some kind of new material, blends it with some old material, and that's one thing that a lot of people are not sure about, like, when Jerry Seinfeld does specials, is he doesn't really do a ton of new material, he kind of does classics, and it's like this age-old argument that he's had with, like, Chris Rock, which it's like, do you go to see a band to see them perform the late their like their hits or do you go to hear them play like new stuff that you may not like and so like he's always believed like you come to see the hits i'm going to give you like the best stuff um so it's very interesting i i do have to say like i I, like i almost want you to see it just so you can see like he it's not all just about like his stand-up but also just behind the scenes like with him and there's this awesome scene where he sits down on a road and they literally line up. He has every like yellow notepad piece of paper of like all of his bits for the last like 30, 40 years um, that they, they string out on this road. And he's like, this is everything. This is everything I've been telling ever since like 1970 something. Uh, every joke I've ever written, every funny idea I've ever had. And it was just so cool to see this guy who's been in the business for so long um, with uh, so much material. And yet, um, I don't know, I feel like he is someone that is not, you know, like a Chris Rock or a um, Dave Chappelle that's pumping out new specials all the time. But he's still like a classic. Um, so, Jess, what is a another special that you uh, have watched that you want to bring up? Well, speaking of Dave Chappelle, um, he's one of my all-time favorite comedians. I think he's hysterical. I used to love Chappelle show. I watched it at a probably like inappropriately young age, <laughs> but I loved it when it was inappropriately on. Inappropriately um, young age. <laughs> right, because how long ago was that? I was probably like... 13 or 14 when that show was on, but I watched it regularly and I loved it. Um, so I don't know what that was like, just poor monitoring on my parents' part, maybe, but I loved it. Um, and then, you know, as we all know, he quit and couldn't take it anymore and stopped being in the mainstream for a while. He never like completely quit comedy but he was away from the spotlight mm-hmm. and away from like our our conscious so to speak because he wasn't around anymore um and so when he came back on Netflix I was super super pumped um so he has two collections that consist of four different specials so his I think both collections came out in 2017 um and the first collection was good. It was like the first time we'd really seen him in a long time. Um, I liked it. I I was laughing hysterically, but for some reason it just kind of felt like he was back, but it wasn't like fully Chappelle. Like it just didn't really feel like him. Um, And I 
feel like that was because the first special was actually shot um, like long before uh, Trump got into office. And so he doesn't actually talk about politics. And just like to have a disclaimer, I'm not saying every comedian has to talk about politics for their specials to be entertaining or relevant. They clearly don't. But Chappelle and his show had a lot of social commentary. Like, that's mostly what his comedy consists of. It's really goofy and it's really silly, but it's also, like, shedding a light on our society. So it just felt a little off for him to be back and not be doing that. And then his second collection, which, again, has two specials. The first one is equanimity and the second one is the bird revelation they both get more political and they talk about not only trump but his relationship with trump because i don't know if you guys like remember but um like shortly before trump got into office um he had been elected but he wasn't in office Chappelle had said something in an interview like I'll give him a chance. What the hell? We'll see what happens. Again, like, not knowing what was going to fucking happen. Um, and he got a lot of flack for it. And he got a lot of shit for it. And then Trump, like, tried to make him his friend. And be like, hey, buddy, thanks for the endorsement. And he was like, I didn't fucking endorse you. Calm down. Um, so he talks a lot about that, which I think is really funny. And that's more Chappelle. To talk about, like, actually things that are going on and going on with him and how he's, like, taking all of it. Um, and then he also gets into the stuff with Harvey Weinstein. So, again, it's more, like, social and topical and things that were actually, like, going on and what he thinks about it, um, which is more aligned with what he'd always sort of done with his comedy. So Collection 1 is hilarious. It's great. I loved it. But, like, truly, like, the essence of Chappelle comedy is more in Collection 2. Um, I would suggest watching all of it because I think he's fucking hysterical I think he's I I just think he's so funny and I love like the way he uses his voice I think like he has the best impression of a white man I've ever heard <laughs> like I just I love him I love him and I love his laugh like his weird like cackly laugh so uh, I just think he's great yeah so I uh of these Dave Chappelle 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 uh um I saw The Age of Spin and Deep in the Heart of Texas, um, which I have to say, quick sidebar, not a huge fan of how Netflix organizes these, uh, like with the two collections. Like, I, I just want them to be four different things. Because, like, the, my thing was I wanted to watch them in order. I don't, like, I know the order probably doesn't matter, but I didn't know if it did or not and i was like i don't understand like these both came out in like 2017 like what is going on here anyway that's stupid but uh i well, one thing i noticed about his specials is like the one i loved he was telling these stories about uh the three times he met oj simpson <laughs> and that that yes that was brilliant. that felt like like you said kind of more topical um because like he had recently been in the news and like uh all the oj simpson uh media that had been happening as far as the uh american crime story fx show and then there's the oj doc that i still need to see that's apparently really great um but what's funny is, like, that one seemed, like, much more about kind of, like, society and stuff and all these different things. And then, like, deep in the heart of Texas, like, uh, just goes into, like, f- 
pooping, you know, sex jokes, you know, like, which isn't like bad or anything. Like, I'm not going to say like you can't cover certain things in stand up. I don't believe that should be a thing. But my thing was, it was just so funny. Like you said, the differences between like, he's like, all right, like this one's going to be, you know, I'm going to talk about OJ. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this funny Kevin Hart story with my son and all these things. And then this one's like, I'm going to talk about, you know, jizzing on a girl's face you know it's just like okay (laughs) like he's going like all sides of the spectrum uh and so interesting i I am looking forward to seeing the other ones and if he does more um i remember he got a huge deal with netflix because everyone's like whoa dave Chappelle's coming back to comedy because he had only done a couple specials before and now to drop four within like a year it's pretty crazy Yeah, and I, I don't know. If, I think there might be more to come with Netflix, too. I don't think it's just these four. I think he might have, like, another one or two lined up, which is exciting. Because I do think he's hilarious. I think he he is at his best when he's talking about, like, social or political things. Like, I think that's when he's, like, at his funniest. Um, so that's, like, personally what I enjoy. And I think we just need some of his commentary nowadays. Because I think, like... That's what made Chappelle's show so amazing was the goofy, wacky, but truthful things that he was, like, pointing out about society and racism. And I think we could use some of that comedy with him, especially, because I love him. Yes. So speaking on someone who did a special where they kind of talk about, like, a lot of uh, interesting, like, things, um, did you see Chris Rock's special, Tambourine? I have not yet, but I keep hearing it's really good. So what I liked about it is, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen any Chris Rock Netflix specials. Like I've seen clips of his stand-up, but never like a full beginning-to-end special. I know he has like a ton of them. Uh, and so I finally decided to watch this one, and I love, like, he'll talk about some goofy shit. But then there's especially this section that really got me... Um, where he talks about his divorce. Like, he gets really into it, um, and not like a, like, I'm just going to make fun of my wife kind of thing. Like, some serious things that, like, and I know this may sound stupid, but almost things that were happening to him that were almost sexist against men in divorce situations, which, like, may seem weird, like something sexist happening to a man. But uh, basically, uh, he admits, like, He made a mistake and he cheated on his wife and like he owns up to it. He doesn't hide it. Like he talks all about it. And then but then he starts talking about how like his ex-wife wanted to like try to take his kids away. And like he just pretty much brings up the topic like my mistake in the marriage for cheating does not affect how I am as a father. Like I still provide for my kids. I am there for them like support wise and emotionally and all these things like just because I you know made the mistake of cheating on my wife does not mean I should not have the right to be a father um like just as much as like she is to be a mother and I was like wow like you never hear that being talked about in such a serious but also like he would bring up some comical stuff manner um so I definitely would love for you to see that one, Jess, because he does cover a topic like that and also, like, just does some goofy shit, too. Like, he, um, it is fun when specials can talk about some serious things, but then jump back into, like, I'm going to make you laugh. And, uh, I was surprised because, like, 
I guess I was a little worried about Chris Rock as far as his taste-wise because he does, let's be honest, shitty movies with Adam Sandler. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, Chris Rock, is this going to be awful? No, like his stand-up is still great. Um, so, yeah, I definitely check out Chris Rock's Tambourine. Um Jess, what was another special you would like to bring up? Well, let's finally talk about one that I just recently watched, um, probably about two or three okay. weeks ago. Um, Ali Wong's Hard Knock Wife, <laughs> which is her second Netflix special. Um, I think she's hysterical. I think she's amazing. Um, I love that her career is on the upswing now, like because, pretty much because of these Netflix specials. Um, and I just want her career to just keep going <laughs> higher and higher because I think she's so funny. But um, her first Netflix special was called Baby Cobra. It came out in 2016. Did you see that I did one? not see either of these, but I've heard that they're both great and she is pregnant in both of them. <laughs> Yeah, she's fucking pregnant, which is, and like, not a little bit pregnant, like, very pregnant, very heavy, standing on a stage under hot, sweaty lights, super pregnant, being hilarious. Like, it's, I think that alone is a, like, badass move. Like, that's incredible. Um, but yeah, so she's pregnant, I think, with her first child in Baby Cobra, and just like talks about her life as like, uh, a newly married woman and getting pregnant and then hard not hard not sorry and then hard knock wife just came out a few weeks ago on mother's day um and it's kind of like a like a sequel to her first stand-up which is interesting because she talks a lot about like what it was like to give birth and be in labor and then start raising the kid and it's just like a really funny and also like really like down to earth take on like being a mother and a wife in this day and age and kind of like eye-opening too as to like you know like pregnancy and having a child a lot of people think of it as like the miracle of life and like you are just a glowing pregnant woman and that's not what it's actually like in reality <laughs> and she kind of like lifts the veil on that like bullshit that like it's all just like sunshine and daisies when you're having a child like no it's disgusting and brutal and painful um so both are hilarious i would say to watch the first one first just to like get a taste of her comedy and then see, like I said, her sort of like sequel to that and where she's at now. And it's interesting too, because she like actually in hard knock wife talks about the special baby Cobra and like what happened to her, like after that in terms of her career. And I think that's like a really interesting thing to do as a comedian. Cause like when you have like your first big special and you start to get name recognition, I mean, you don't really Sorry. get like the, like, <laughs> You don't really get, like, the behind-the-scenes story of what that was like to, like, come up that yeah. way. Because she wasn't really known at all until that special. So to, like, hear her tell her side of the story of, like, oh, this is what my, like, career is like now that this has happened to me, I thought was also really funny. So, yeah, Hard Knock Wife is the most recent one that came out last month, and then Baby Cobra was from 2016. Yeah, I. it's funny. I recently heard on another podcast about how these are both 
uh, shows that people have watched uh, recently with either their wives who were pregnant or are pregnant and um, whether it you know whether you have kids or not like apparently it's just absolutely hysterical and I definitely want to watch both um, so yeah I'll talk about one I also uh, recently watched which is Ricky Gervais Humanity uh, this one I remember uh, Ricky Gervais is kind of a comedian that some people really like to rag on saying that like he covers too dark of things he's too controversial he's too this too that and um I guess first I should ask Jess, uh, are you a fan of Ricky Gervais uh, at all? Yeah, I think um, Extras was a really funny show. I was really into that. Um, I personally don't get offended easily at all. So, like, I've never thought he was, like, too dark or went there too much. Like, I've always thought he was really funny. Yeah, and and I think it especially came out when he hosted, like, the Golden Globes a few times, uh, like, making a lot of dark jokes about celebrities. And so my thing is uh, I love he kind of dissects and talks about a big thing that's going on in, like, the comedy community. And I have to speak of this uh, on behalf, like, as not on behalf as a personal person who does stand up comedy um there's a lot of people that think like certain topics should not be covered and i I don't agree with that per se i believe it's the execution of how you're going to discuss the topic and the big thing he brings up in this special is intent what is your intent with whatever you're trying to tell is it shock about like trying to bring up a subject that usually isn't is it uh hurtfulness is it just to be funny is it to look at a controversial thing in a different way and um i just personally know this because i've been to some where like i we literally i was at an open mic where the host had to ask someone to leave the stage because they were doing transphobic material and it wasn't good transphobic material it seemed very crass in the sense that like he didn't realize it was transphobic or he was doing it just to be shocking so the intent i don't think was a good intent um and so there was one part in the special where he dives into he made a joke at one of the golden globes about uh one of the golden globes the recent popular thing in media was caitlin jenner um like Caitlyn had just gone through her transformation, and I think there was a big interview with her. There's a new show on the Kardashians. Like it was all over media. Um, it was what, a few years ago, right? A couple of years ago. Yeah, it was. I mean, maybe about like four or five years ago now. At this yeah. Point. So in this special, he talks about um, he made a joke. Um, about, uh, and I, I won't do an impression of the joke or say the joke, but basically he made a joke at one of the Golden Globes um, that uh, wasn't about Caitlyn uh, Jenner being trans, um, but was more about her celebrity status and how she was in a car accident that literally killed someone. And because she was a celebrity, she pretty much got away with it. And people were calling him transphobic because he was making fun of someone who was trans. And he's like, that's not transphobic. Like, I'm not joking about the trans part 
of her. I'm talking about her celebrity status and she happens to be trans and got away with this awful thing. And like, it was just so interesting how someone can intelligently break things apart and talk about intent and like, and then proceed to break it down and then make fun of the whole thing. And he makes fun of people on Twitter because he gets lots of haters on Twitter. And like one of the reoccurring things he does in the thing is, uh, you know, someone will tweet at him this, like something really stupid. And he's like, I should have left it, you know, <laughs> and like basically like he even knows, like I should have just left it alone, but he can't. And, um, I think it's hilarious, especially he talks about all kinds of things, uh, religion. He talks about, like I said, the uh, the controversialness of that trans joke. Tons of things when he hosted the Golden Globes. All, all if you like like yourself uh, dark humor and you don't get offended a lot, I definitely think you should watch the special. But if you're someone who does get offended a lot, I really think you should watch it. It's more of an educational thing because he does talk about the intent of humor, which I think is something that really should be discussed in this country because people really, you know, will jump to the gun of say if something is racist or homophobic or transphobic or ableist or any of those ists or obics. Uh, phobics things when wait what was the intent of the joke so uh, Ricky Gervais humanity I think it was hilarious uh, and covered a lot of great uh, important topics but Jess do you have another that you recently watched yeah um, I guess speaking on like intent and Politics and racism, like kind of the heavier subjects of comedy. Um, it's not one that I recently watched, but it's one that's like stuck with me. Like I've probably watched it for the first time maybe a year ago, and I've probably watched it like once or twice since then. Um, and that is Michael Shea's Michael Shea Matters. So the title Michael Shea Matters is a reference to Black Lives Matter. Um, and he gets very, like, political with Black Lives Matter, but in a really funny sort of way, where, the, like, in like the whole point of his, his joke, the intent of it, is just to point out how ridiculous it is that people get offended by Black Lives Matter. Because literally their message is just simple, which is Black Lives Matter. That's it. Like, that's what they're trying to say. And just, like the idea of people, like, getting all up in arms and being like, well, all lives matter. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's, like, come on. Um, so he gets into that a lot, and I think it's a really funny take on it. Um, I actually saw Michael Shea Matters before I really started to pay attention to him on Weekend Update. Um, I think he's really funny on Weekend Update. I think, like, him and Colin Jost have, like, a really good chemistry. But I, like I said, I watched this special before, like, they became big with that. Um, so I think it's, like, really cool for people who have maybe had the reverse, where you've seen him on Weekend Update and SNL, but not outside of it, to watch this. Because it's really cool to see him, like, on his own, doing his own thing, uh, outside of what he's known for and doing it in, like, a different comedic medium. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's, like, he's just, I think, really funny and has a really interesting sort of stage presence. Um, so, yeah, Michael Shea matters. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to uh, take a look at that. Um, one I want to jump into real quick and I won't uh, go super deep into. Um, I enjoyed it. was a different kind of special. It was... Uh, 
it's called the honeymoon special. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it, but I haven't so, seen yeah, it. So yeah, it has Natasha. I'm gonna butcher both their names: Natasha Legero and Legro. Le- yeah, Legro? I don't do know. Say? I thought it was Legero, Legero, um, and then Mashi Kashner. Uh, basically, they are two stand-ups who are both hilarious in their own right, and they are getting married, and um, Natasha's pregnant with their first child. And um, so they did this honeymoon special where um, first Natasha does a 30-minute set, and then they bring out Mashi. He does a 30-minute set, and then they do a 30-minute segment where they bring up other couples, and they kind of joke. They're like, all right, bring up other couples, and we're going to fix you. And... <laughs> <laughs> and like then they, they they literally bring up people from the crowd and ask them about themselves about their relationship and then kind of poke fun at it and it was just so interesting because opposed to just one of them doing an hour and a half or an hour you know they each did 30 and then they did 30 together and it was so interesting to see them talk about different point of views of like their marriage their first child coming um and yeah, I think it was something different. And I hope this is something uh, that when we see more and more people do Netflix specials, they try different things and different formats. Because, sure, I love stand up hour long specials. That format is not a bad format, but there's, like, there's so many comedians out there that, sure, you can watch different ones and they're great. And, you know, maybe you can watch someone like yourself who you didn't know about Ali Wong, but that helped put her on the map. It's great. But I like when they try things a little bit different. So uh, Honeymoon Special, I definitely think you should check it out, Jess. Yeah, that sounds really funny and unique. I've definitely heard, like, good things about yes. it. And have you ever watched, um, blah, blah, blah. Have you watched, uh, Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity? No, not yet. Uh, so this is, uh, it's exactly what it sounds, Hilarity for Charity. Him and his wife started this charity, um, for Alzheimer's, um, because her mom suffers Alzheimer's and basically to raise money for those uh, for research into the disease as well as help pay for people's at-home care um, when it gets really bad. And uh, so this special, the the kind of the the shtick that they go with is he's like, we want to hit all of the categories for Netflix's algorithm. Like they joke about the very like fourth wall breaking, like when it comes to like the Netflix algorithm. So they're like, yeah, we're going to have some comedy. So they have people like, uh, Tiffany Haddish and John Mulaney. Um, lots of people come out and do stand up. Um, but then they have, uh, the guys from Rick and Morty, do, uh, Justin Roiland do an animation so they could call qualify for the animation category. They have the Muppets appear so they could appear for like the kids category. They literally have a chef come out and he's like, we're going to have chef. So-and-so come out. He comes out and he's like, all right, thanks for coming out. And he's like, wait, you don't want me to cook anything. He's like, no, we just wanted to qualify for like the cooking competition category. You know? <laughs> and like, that's the joke. And, um, so, yeah, it's just like an hour, hour and a half of uh, mix between stand-up and sketches. Uh, and it's it's hilarious, but also it's for a good cause. And, uh, yeah, so Hilarity for Charity. Uh, very interesting to watch. Um, so, Jess, as we kind of start, like, wrapping up here, 
do you want to kind of maybe run down like a few uh, just like honorable mentions before like maybe your last one or two we talk about? Sure. Yeah. So some honorable mentions that I have um, is Catherine Ryan's In Trouble. It's a lot about pop culture and celebrity culture. If you're into that, it's really funny. Uh, Nick Offerman's American Ham. Sarah Silverman's A Speck of Dust, and the Netflix show The Stand-Ups. Um, some of like my favorite episodes on that are Fortune Femster, Deanne Cole, Beth Stelling, uh, Brent Morin. There's some like really, really solid comedians on that show. Yes. Um, I've also watched some of the, the stand-ups, uh, and uh, some of those you've named I've wanted to, to definitely watch if I haven't. Um, a couple I just want to throw shout-outs to. Uh, the uh, Mark Marin Too Real special. I just have to say, the only thing I want to talk about it is he has, like, one of the best openings for a special, which, like, so he walks out on stage, and, like, so this came out, I think, 2016, 2017, and he just sits down on the stool, goes, like, I don't know what he's going to do next. And, <laughs> and he's clearly talking about Trump. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't say what the context. He just, he sits down like in a huff. He's just like, well, I don't know what he's going to do next. <laughs> and it just, it, it just, I had to pause it and just lose it for a moment because then he goes into this whole bit about how like, he's like, think about it. The things he says, you know, if he told us tomorrow that, you know, we decided to get rid of the grand Canyon and now that's just a new landfill, you know, that it's not a national park anymore and everyone could just throw their garbage in it. Like I would believe him because he says stupid shit like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Mark Marin is called too real. Uh, Rory Scovel, uh, it's called Rory Scovel tries stand up for the first time. Clearly not his first stand up special. Like I think he just did that as a joke on stand up special titles. And, uh, also I really enjoyed, um, Brian Regan's, uh, it's called Nunchucks and Flamethrowers, uh, just a, another special of his. And uh, any, uh, I also, are you a fan of John Mulaney at all? Yes, that was actually the next one I was going to talk about. Let's do it. <laughs> Jump right in. Go ahead. So um, I just saw Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I was going to talk about it. I love it. It's that's so funny that our last one was the one we were both going to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's hysterical. I also really do like the Comeback Kid, which was like uh, 2015. I think that's on there as well. Um, that one's really funny, but yeah, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City is hysterical. Um, I truly, I, I think the whole thing is really really funny. But I personally really appreciate the jokes on. Um, going to college and college debt and I just <laughs> I mean we just graduated from college a few years ago so like that really like hit home for me and that was my favorite part he's got some like just amazing jokes about like being an alumni in college and yeah that was my favorite that's my favorite part I think he's hysterical and I think he is such like his own voice that like no one else has like his and What's funny is because a lot of people, when he started becoming more famous, they thought he was kind of like this new generation's version of Seinfeld. Like, not in the sense that, like, 
you know, he's going to make like the next greatest, you know, sitcom, like which we, you know, we hope. I know his show on Fox Mulaney was not good, but um, just he, he, a lot of his humor is relatively clean. Uh, he wears the suit like a lot of comedians used to wear. You know, he's clean cut and, you know, he just uh, kind of has like this boyish, you know, uh, almost like vulnerability like i love uh i think it's in the comeback kid like he talks about uh or (laughs) he talks about how he's like such a wimpy person that like if if you spilled a cup of coffee on him like he would apologize to you like (laughs) and then talking about like his uh totally bold and like uh jewish wife and their dog petunia (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City is hilarious. I love John Mulaney. Uh, I think he's, like, totally hitting his stride right now. And um, one of my favorite bits that it's totally – we've talked a lot about comedians who have very uh, controversial things or political things or socially conscious things. And then I love when he has these simple bits about (laughs) – this is totally not like a big deal, but it's something that's so relatable, which is like when you're trying to log into something and it, like a computer thinks you may be like a robot or something. And so it's like, prove, prove you're not a robot. Like, <laughs> here, read these jumbled letters and tell me, you know, what those say. <laughs> He's like, I'm, pr- I'm proving to a computer that I'm not a computer, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's, uh, I, oh God, the voices he does and uh, the impressions and uh yeah i I almost want to you have to listen to his first album which is not a video special it's just something you could buy on itunes called the top part it's hilarious um all of his specials are that i've seen including the comeback kid he tells the whole story about how his mom knew bill clinton in college do you did you hear that one no, I've never. Oh heard God, that. it's hilarious. He goes on like this whole ten minute thing about, um, you know, his his mom was always just like, I knew Bill Clinton in college, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you you could totally hear like the John Mulaney voice like talking about his parents who are both lawyers, and um, <laughs> yeah, comeback kid, kid gorgeous at Radio City. You guys need to see both of them. Um, and then, real quick, have you seen him and Nick Kroll do the Netflix comedy special Oh Hello on Broadway? No, not yet, but I've heard a lot about yes. that. Yes, I was really curious. I was like, what is this special where they're both two old Jewish men? Like, what? I had no <laughs> idea how it would work because I've only ever seen plays that are, you know more narrative based whereas this is kind of uh like a two-man show type thing and not a stand-up special but they're playing these characters and yeah it it is hilarious and has uh an amazing cameo that sometimes they give away on the netflix preview but uh yeah oh hello uh just the moment they walked on stage is like Oh, hello. You know, I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Jess, as we wrap up our Netflix special episode, any other Netflix specials you would like to chat about? I have covered them all. And all the ones that I've talked about, I've really liked. 
You know what I was thinking about when I was like compiling this list? I personally have not seen a bad Netflix special. Have you? Have you seen one that's not good? Yeah, I don't think I have either. Um, I think there are ones that like we've talked about are have hit us more than others. Some feel very basic, and that's and that sounds like such a terrible thing to say. Like for these comedians who work so hard to become famous enough to get a video special in some capacity, an hour special, and then a Netflix special, and all these things, and we're just like, oh, well, this one's very basic, and but it's it, there's so many now, and I think Netflix wants to be. I mean, they want to be the home streaming service for, like, all your needs for, like, original shows. And now they're trying to do talk shows. They're trying to do some weekly stuff opposed to just the binging thing. But they're they're really, I mean, like, they have countless stand-up specials. Yeah, we didn't even get to, like, most of them. <laughs> oh, no. Really. We got to a very small Not even portion. a dent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's so many options and so many different types of humor, too. That's what's neat. It's like a big variety of comedy out there. Yes. Uh, so please contact us. What are some Netflix specials that we totally didn't mention? What are ones we need to put uh, on our uh, top of our viewing homework from you guys? And, uh, yeah, I would love to. I'm always down to watch some stand-up both because I'm trying to uh, do that on the side as well, but also because it's just a wonderful uh, way to just escape for like an hour to just have a comedian go up there and kill it. And obviously they have to be a good comedian to get a special uh, in some capacity. (laughs) Also, if any listeners have seen a bad Netflix special, I want to know that. Let us know that. All right, Jess. Well, we've talked all about comedy specials and things we found hilarious. Um, I guess it's most fitting that we close the show with our LOLs of the week. Do you have yourself an LOL of the week? I do. So mine is a tweet. Um, I think it's very topical because summer has been upon us now for a little while. Um, This tweet comes from Amina Tuso, who is at Amina Tu. Her tweet is, Summer, when my seasonal depression takes a backseat so my clinical depression can really shine through. (laughs) I think that's so funny because I'm one of those people that claims they have, like, seasonal depression. Like, I fucking hate winter, and I love summer, and I feel like I just come alive during summertime. Um, But it's so true how, like, yeah, just because you have seasonal depression doesn't mean all your problems are cured when it's summer. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very true. Um, So mine is also like a tweet, uh, and I kind of have to set up uh, a little bit before the joke, but um, you've seen Dodgeball, correct? Yes, of course. you love, uh, like myself, the awesome combination of uh, Cotton McKnight and uh, Pepper Brooks, the announcers, Jason Bateman, (laughs) and, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, was it Gary Gary Cole? um, Gary. Yeah, Gary Cole. Yes, Gary Cole. (laughs) It's basically the dynamic that Gary Cole is like the straight announcer and then Pepper Brooks just says super obvious things. So, okay, did you hear at all about this quote about this guy, Emmerich, who I think is a new president or something with DC, uh, with Warner Brothers? Um, Have you heard? Okay, so basically... So this is like the quote or part of like pieces of the quote. And then this is what a great uh, Twitter person uh, 
put after the article. So the article you could you could find at slashfilm.com. It is uh, Warner Brothers decides best business plan for DC's future is to make good movies. And so the quote that this Emirate guy says is like, I think good the good movies work better. Somebody once said the best business strategy in motion pictures is quality. And I think the world of Rotten Tomatoes and social media was proven the better movie, particularly in the superhero genre, the better it performs. You can't hide the bacon anymore. And so basically... This Twitter, which is at Nerds and Marks, that's also a podcast, the Nerds and Marks podcast, they said uh, in response to DC wanting to make good movies, that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. (laughs) 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 That just got me because it's so true. No shit guy at DC slash Warner Brothers. (laughs) People do like better movies. (laughs) And usually right? they perform huh. better. Sure, there are some atrocity, like, stricken fucking awful movies out there that do way too well at the box office. But for the most part, like, for example, because Wonder Woman was better than Batman versus Superman and better than Suicide Squad, there's a reason why it made so much more money. And there's a reason why Marvel, for the longest time with Marvel Studios, has made more money because their movies were typically better. Like, yeah, I think we need to make good movies. <laughs> it's a bold move, Cotton. You know? <laughs> God. The tweet, the quotes, you know, it was just so many layers to that. And I know that was a lot of setup for a small joke from Dodgeball, but uh, I figured you would enjoy it if you liked those announcers from that movie. <laughs> And I love a good DC fashion, so best of both worlds. That's uh, that is very true as well. Um, <laughs> so Jess, we got ourselves uh, some viewing homework for the next couple episodes to go over. Um, are you excited for that homework? I am. I am very interested to see um, the Batman and Bill documentary. That sounds really fascinating. And um, I have never watched wrestling in my entire life, not once. Um, So that will be quite the experience, quite the journey, but I'm ready to take it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very interested because I've heard tons of people talk about Riverdale and Queer Eye. Uh, so I'm very interested to watch your selections as well. And I'm also excited for a new segment titled To Be Determined, Hypothetical Tinder. Uh, <laughs> I think it is going to be a new hit on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're covering all forms of entertainment. Y- yes. And sometimes Tinder is fucking It really is. So for people who maybe you're not here for our movie and TV talks, you're here to... Have us do some hypothetical Tinder swiping. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Jess, where can they find you on the social medias? On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Jess Quaz. So follow me. Let's be friends. Yes, you can follow me on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Pros T H E P R O Z E. And uh, please follow, uh, rate, review, subscribe to the Entertainment Buffet podcast on the podcasts uh, anywhere you can find them. We try to make it available as many places as possible. Uh, leave us a review, give us some five stars, and uh, email us to entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com. We'd love to hear 
your episode suggestions. We have ideas for some some coming up, but we want to talk about what you want us to talk about um, so that you can feel included in with the discussion. Maybe give us, the, that should be a new thing, where we have people give us some hypothetical Tinder swiping. <laughs> I want to hear your guys's. And these don't have to be real people. Create like what Jess did. Someone who likes Seinfeld but is stuck in the '90s and has six cats named after each <laughs> character from the na- uh, from the show Friends. Uh, and Brandon would go on a date well, with Fuck that it. Person. Why not? I just want to make that. I just want to say that again. Because she has that six does, cats that are named after Friends characters. That's why. But there are worse. There are worse things. There are worse deal breakers out there than she has six cats. She can come well, to my I'm place and leave the cats person. at home. <laughs> okay, I don't know, but just think about that type of litter box too. Like what that situation would be. There's six All of right. them. That's a lot. If we're going to do this in the future, though, I need your name. So what is her name? Janice? Is it Tiffany? Her name (laughs) is Sunshine Strawberry. She chose it for herself because she didn't like her identity as a parent. What is she, Lady Bird? (laughs) She, excuse me, she's Sunshine Strawberry. (laughs) Call her by her name, please. I'm very excited for this new segment. Uh, I know. I'm going to have some fun with it. I think every sure. episode we should come up with one for each other. Um, not not just me okay. or not just you, but every episode that's a new thing. Uh, and we'll come up with a title. All right, let's do but, it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for those who have come out in Chicago to our second theater production of Out of This World. At the time we're recording this, we have two left, but... By the time this probably drops, uh, it'll be done. Stay tuned. We are going to hopefully look to either release videos on YouTube, maybe sell some DVDs if anyone wants to see this show. Um, Very fun experience. Uh, But, yes, um, thank you for all your support, entertainment for the uh, people over the years. Uh, Plan B is almost done being released. Eight episodes are out. The, the finale is being worked on to be released soon, so stay tuned for that. And also, you can find now on both our YouTube and our Funny or Die page, uh, Mario Party Kills Friendships, our new short film uh, that, yeah, Mario Party can tragically end relationships and friendships. Um, I was realizing lately that none of the, the, the people I used to play Mario Party with don't talk to any of them anymore. And it wasn't because of that, <laughs> but it is fitting considering what happens in this short film. <laughs> All right, Jess, anything else you'd like to say before we sign out? Just wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a good day or a good night. And yeah, I love you all. That's yes. It. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 55 of the podcast. And good night question mark. If you're listening to this at if you're listening to this at night or morning, afternoon, one of my Truman from the Truman Show. Alright, now we're done. <laughs>